welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Glory to God. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, we are a grateful people. And we've come today to offer gratitude to you. We ask that all that we do here today, let it be a sign, a communication of our gratitude to you. Thank you, precious Father. Sweet Holy Spirit, this moment is yours. Teach us, instruct us in righteousness. Help us to come into deeper revelation with you so that we can walk better with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome someone as you have your seat again in God's presence. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles with me to Titus chapter 2 from verse 11. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Glory to God. It says God's grace has appeared. Tell someone God's grace has appeared. And this grace is bringing salvation. Tell another person the grace of God has appeared. And this grace has brought with it salvation for all people. Say for you, for me, for everyone all around. It has brought salvation. Glory to God. That reality is a reality that most believers only talk about. But we want to move beyond talking about it to experiencing it. The fact that the grace of God has come is not enough. The fact that the grace of God has brought salvation is not enough. It's okay to know that salvation has come. It's okay to know that there is grace available. But how about partaking of that grace? How about receiving of the grace? So today I want to briefly talk about receiving grace. Because receiving grace helps you to be thankful. If you're not able to receive the grace that God has brought for you, you cannot be grateful, you cannot be thankful. Even when you see things that are very obvious that God has done for you, because you are not receiving of that grace, you cannot be thankful, you cannot be grateful. There are many things that God has done in our lives, things that have happened to us. 
some sometimes we give thanks because of things that we know things that we can identify say father i thank you because i have food on my table i thank you because i have a house to live in i thank you because i have money in my pocket and these days we're thanking god because we have a thousand naira note yeah some of us couldn't value how much naira how important naira is until it became scarce and then you knew one of my pastor's friends asked me, I said, PJ, um, do you have 2,000 naira there? I said, I have it, but I can't give you. I said, I'd rather transfer it to you. I can give you the 2K online, but this cash, I ain't giving you. So because I've seen it's been scarce, all right? So now that I have it, I mean, I bought 10,000 with 12,000. I mean, and the lady was telling me it's cheap. She said, oh, guys, it's cheap. We better buy it now. The last person I sold it for, I sold for 3,000. Uh, 3, so I valued it. I, I'm not sure I've kept Naira in my wallet the way I've kept Naira these days. The money is that each time I'm counting, it's still complete. It's still complete. <laughs> you know? And I wanted to buy something. It was 500 And I told the woman, transfer. She said, cash. The cash was in my purse. But I said, no. I valued it. So sometimes we get to a place in God that we are only grateful for what we can see. But there are certain things that we cannot see that God expects us to be grateful for. And God in himself expects us to be grateful regardless of whether we can see it or not. Alright? Whether or not we can tangible, uh, we can hold it tangibly, he expects us to be grateful. He expects us to be thankful. So our gratitude to God should not be because of what he has done or what we perceive that he will do. But because that he is God. And many a times we look at situations that are not so pleasant and they happen to us. And we say, God, well, I thank you anyway. It's good to do that. But if you have an attitude that thanks God irrespective of what happened to you or what did not happen to you. And you have the... Um, the, the, the um, what's the word now? The humility to come before him and say, Lord, my life itself is a life of gratitude. Whether I have little or I have much, all that I am is yours. My pastor used to say, if you have something, he's the reason you have it. And if you've lost something, he's the reason you didn't lose everything. Is someone hearing me? So your gratitude to God has nothing to do with what you have at the moment or what you do not have. But it's centered on the fact that God remains God and who he is remains who he is. So when the Bible says that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. But I realize that not all men have received that grace. So the grace is there, but not everybody's receiving of the grace. So for you to receive of that grace, it comes with a heart of gratitude. You need to be grateful. Not until you see it before you can say thank you. You can say thank you. He said, having not seen, we believe. We believe. We've not seen the tangibility of the miracle, but we believe. We've not seen the tangibility of the hand of God, but we believe. We've not seen the physical manifestation of the miracle, but we believe. And then it says, having the same spirit of faith, we believe and therefore we speak. 
So we understand true faith that when we see God in the light of who he is, no matter what happens to us, we begin to speak and we begin to declare and we say, thank you, Father. Though I haven't seen the miracle, though I haven't seen the victory, but I lift my hands and I say, thank you. Though things have not happened the way I expected it to happen, but I'm saying, thank you. And I'm grateful. And I'm grateful. So when you understand that grace needs to be received, Though it's there, but you need to receive it. How do I receive this grace? How do I partake of this grace? He said something. He said, this grace that has appeared to all men and that has brought salvation is teaching us, is training us, it's instructing us. So grace comes to instruct us, to teach us, to train us, to put us in a place where we can receive all that salvation has brought. So Jesus is the one that brought salvation and salvation means soteria, completeness, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. So in that full package of salvation, that's where Jesus is. So that's what he has brought. So that grace that he's carrying is bringing wholeness. So it means that if I receive the grace that God has brought, I'm receiving the full package of salvation. I'm receiving nothing lacking, nothing missing, nothing broken. Though I haven't seen it, but it's there. So my receiving it, my accepting it, my telling God that though I haven't seen it, but I know that in Jesus Christ it's there, then it puts me in a position to partake of that grace. It puts me in a position to enjoy the benefit of that grace. It puts me in that position. Something happened to Job in Job chapter 13 and verse 13. It says, let me have silence and I will speak. And let me come on, on and let, let come on me what may. Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hand? Though he slay me, I will hope in him, yet I will argue my ways to his face. This will be my salvation, that the godless shall not come before him. This is someone who had gone through stuff and it was looking like, hey, that you've met, you've you've come to your end, Job. But he says, "Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Yet I will argue my ways to his face. This will be my salvation." I realize Job is saying that there is grace that is available in Christ Jesus, irrespective of what has happened to me. There is grace available for me to receive. So it's not literally what happened to me that is the problem. It's the fact that have I received the grace of God that brings salvation. So I will not stop with the bad thing that happened to me. I will not stop with the unpleasant circumstance surrounding me. I will arrive at a place where I can receive what grace has. So what grace has brought for you is bigger than the unpleasant circumstances around you. What grace has packaged for you is bigger than the seemingly difficult situations and circumstances surrounding you. Grace is bigger. Grace is greater. So you and I have been brought to a place in Christ Jesus where all we need to do is receive what Jesus has done for us. Receive that grace. Come into an understanding of that grace. Romans 8.28 It says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. So when I realize that God has a purpose for me, he has a plan for my life, I take it seriously. Nothing just happens to me. No, I'm not a chance somewhere. No, I am a deliberate, intentional work of God. Nothing just happens to me. 
I said, oh, time and chance happened to them all. But I realized that even in that time and chance, God is deliberate about the things that happen to me. Nothing happens to me if God does not allow it. He does nothing happen. He says, you are a peculiar people, a holy nation, a people that he has set apart. How can a peculiar people and a holy nation chance just happens to them? Anything just happens to them. Like some people say, eh, you just die like a chicken. I can't die like a chicken. No. My life has purpose. My life has meaning. There is grace upon me. There is a purpose to why I'm here. So it can't, I can't just live my life the way every other person is living their life. If anything good happens to me, I tell you it's for a reason. And it has a divine hand of God on it. If anything seemingly bad, why I put the word seemingly is because not every bad thing that happens to me as a child of God is a bad thing. No, 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 no. My God is in all his wisdom can use anything good or bad and bring me to the place of purpose. So I don't have to settle and say something bad happened to me. So that's why I'm like this. No, something bad may happen to me but something good is coming from something bad that happened. That's my disposition because I know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace that brings salvation. If you understand what salvation is, is the completeness of God. Nothing lacking, missing or broken. You settle it once and for all. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. This week has been a terrible week for me. It may have been a terrible week for you, but it's terrible so that I can be good. One of my mentors used to say that when you see a, a, a tanker truck moving by and you, you, you are driving your Mercedes and you go past the tanker truck and you're wondering, this slow tanker, this slow tanker. And the tanker is saying, you may be faster than me, but you will get to the first station and you wait for me because I carry what you need. I carry what you need. So understand that those who love God, those who are called according to the purpose of God, all things work together for good. Say that to three people. All things work together for good for me. I may not understand it, but I know it's turning out for my good. Hallelujah. John chapter 15 and verse 2. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Excuse me. I thought that because I'm bearing fruit, I'm going to be pampered. I thought because I'm producing, I'm increasing, God is going to pamper me. But he says, if I'm bearing fruit, then certain things will happen to me. Have you ever seen someone who's pruning something? Pruning is not easy. There is a cutting, there is a piercing there is a removing and sometimes God takes us through those process of pruning and then we think that something bad is happening to us. No. It says he that bears much fruit and every branch that does not bear fruit, he, that, that, that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So sometimes when grace is working in your life, he takes you through a dark tunnel. He takes you through the, uh, uh, through the shadow of death. He takes you through the valley. He takes you through tough times. And you're asking yourself, why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? But you realize that, is it because I am not doing something? Most of the time, when things like that happen to us, you say, okay, because I didn't pray two hours today. Sometimes you may have prayed three hours. But there's a pruning coming because you are bearing much fruit. But when you understand that there's grace working in my life and that grace is bringing salvation and I'm receiving of that salvation, what happens to me is that I take the pruning of God, I take the, the piercing, I take everything that comes and I position myself to receive complete salvation, everything that grace has brought for me. It says he... 
every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear much fruit. So the things that are happening to me are happening so that I can bear much fruit. The things that are unpleasant are happening so that I can come into abundance. I can come into increase. I can come into much more. I can come into a better season. Not necessarily because I did something wrong. No. But because God is pruning me. Bringing me to a better place in him. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. In John chapter 12 and verse 24. It says truly, truly I say to you. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies. It remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Oh, pastor, I thought that dying means end. I thought that dying means everything is gone. I thought that when something dies, that's the end of it. Well, in the natural, yes. But in the spiritual, when something dies, it brings much, much fruit. When God begins to prune you, he begins to press you. He begins to squeeze you. It's so that the content of who you are will come out. So when you realize that everything that happens to you as a child of God has a spiritual significance and Satan should not take advantage of the unpleasant situation and put you in a space where you can't rise up again. No, God wants you to rise. He says the thoughts that I think towards you, they're thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a hope and a future. So if the direction of God concerning my life is a hope and a future. It means that every step of the way, God has not changed his mind concerning me. He may not be the one that may have, that may have caused it, but he can use whatever to bring me to the place of glory. He can use whatever. He said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Someone say much fruit. The story of your life is such that it can bear much fruit. The story of your life is such that grace will ride upon you. And once you make up your mind that you are not an accident going somewhere to happen. When you make up your mind that your life is not here by accident. That you are not here by mystic. There's an intentional purpose of God for you. You will embrace it. You will embrace it. God is intentional about you. Your, your being here today is an intention of God. You may look at it that, oh, um, I may have been somewhere, but I just decided. Let me tell you, you don't understand our God. You cannot just decide. There is something calling for you. There is deep calling for you. There is greatness calling on your inside and pushing you to the di divine hand and placement of God. Because you're not ordinary. God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. So when that grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it bears much fruit. It bears much fruit. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil. To give you a future and to give you a hope. Psalm 119 and verse 71, he said, It is good for me that I was afflicted. <laughs> that I might learn your status. The writer, David, understood that, look, my affliction, whether I cost it or whether somebody else cost it, if I hand it over to God, it becomes a good affliction. Whether I erred or someone erred or caused me to err, whatever I hand over to God, 
becomes good in the hand of God. Whatever I put in the hand of the Father, whether it's a mystic, whether it's an error, whatever it is, the moment I take it from being an error and I put it in the hand of God, it becomes a tool in God's hand to make me bear much fruit. So I'm not a mystic. There's grace upon me. And that grace is pushing me every now and then towards the place of salvation, soteria. Nothing lacking, nothing missing, nothing broken. Touch the person beside you, say nothing lacking, nothing missing, and nothing broken. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 16, it says, No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch tears away from the garment, and a worst tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wine skin. If it is, the skin burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed. It says, but new wine is put into fresh wine skin and so both of them are preserved. Both of them are preserved. Sometimes God takes you to a journey through a process of preservation and you're wondering, oh, God spoke to you in 2020, 2020. And told you, gave you um, directions and, and gave you great dreams and visions. And told you all kinds of things that was going to happen to you. And you came out of that experience and entered into 2021. And it looked like everything just went down. And you're like, but God, you told me this will happen. You told me that will happen. There are times God just puts you in that place. And allows you to receive of him just puts you there and in that place of brokenness in that place of crying to God in that place of humility in that place where you die to self life begins to form newness begins to come life begins to form God has never broken his promise he's never break, broken his promise waiting on God is far more beneficial than going out to do something on your own. God will work on your character. He'll work on your heart. He'll work on different things about you. And when you're in that process, don't ever think that God has abandoned you. No. He's pruning you. Preparing you. Waiting for certain things to change. About. I know in my life, I've seen phases in my life where I literally changed and moved from who I used to be to who the person I've become. God developing me in character, in patience. When I'm praying and I say, Lord, I need to be more patient. That's when that day, as I'm stepping out, you will see one driver that his car is not even as good as my own trying to overtake me and I'll say, no, what do you mean? Uh -uh. Let me test the limit of this car and God will say, patience patience. I'll say, oh, they will think my car cannot move. Patience. Patience. And God is testing you, pruning you, preparing you. I've seen certain people in leadership that they feel that, hey, I'm supposed to be in this position. I've seen it many times. Say, I'm supposed to be in this position. And after you observe them and you see some character flow, you say, ah, I know why that person is not the head of that department. I know why that person is not the leader. 
you will see certain things and you just say to yourself if only this person can just be humble if only this person can just be patient if only this person can just be gracious with his or her words me ah no i give it to you hot i said they come now they give you i don't even care nobody can talk to me anyhow in this place calm down and then somebody gets promoted over you and you'll be like in this company there's partiality there's no partiality God is pruning you. There's no partiality. There's no partiality. Sometimes when I sense that God is working in me some character flaws, I know that those character flaws are supposed to, when they die and life comes forth, promotion comes. The thing that you are praying for sometimes is God keeping you from it. It's not God keeping you not giving it to you, he's keeping it for you, not from you. So you're asking God, ah, by now I'm supposed to be an MD in my office. Calm down. The position of MD requires some character that he needs to develop in you because when you get there and sit down and say, now I'm the MD, all of you, you must resume by 5 a.m. And then the next day, you see all of them, their resignation letter. Who will you now work with? It requires some wisdom require some wisdom. Who will you now work with? So God keeping you in that position doesn't mean that he hates you. No. From time to time I go to God and I say, Lord I've been on this place for a while. Is there something that I'm not learning that is not making me step into, I do it a lot for my finances. Very well. Deliberately. I say, God okay, this year we've been earning XYZ, XYZ. Can we change it? If you don't have those kind of conversations with God, what are you doing? He's your father. I say, God, okay, can we change it? He say, okay. If you want to change it, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Even for church finances, I do it. Um, the finance person is here. There was a day I called him. I said, God said this, we need to start doing where our finances and church is concerned. This and this, we need to do. This and this, we need to do. That was sometime, was it two years ago or so? Yeah, about two years ago, about... Um, August, September, I was concerned. I said, God, we need to break through in these finances. This has been on this path for a while. And then God said, this and this and what you need to start doing. So I called him. I said, this is how you arrange the finances. Send this to this, send this to that, send this to that, send this to that. I'm very big on seed sowing. And then before you know it, boom, we entered another level. I said, eh? It's working. I said, God, my own uncle, my own finances, what should I do? He said, ah, okay, do this, do this, do this. And immediately I started. Immediately I started. So you have those kind of conversations go before him father because the journey from grace to grace the journey from um to, to a hope and a better future comes with pruning you will die to certain things have god been able to test you about your finances i watched the movie enoch how many of you watched the movie how many of you watched the movie thank you people should be following trend though Enoch. There's a story about uh, Pastor Deboe. And the part, one part really got to me. The pastor came and announced in the service that they are planning to move to another auditorium and that God had said that everyone, these were the words of the pastor, that everyone, even me if I was in that service, I know, I'm not sure I'd have done what, what Pastor Deboe and his wife did. Well, maybe, I don't know. But he said, God said everyone should go to their bank. Listen, he said, go to their bank. 
empty their account and bring it for the for the new place that they are going. So brother Adeboye went home, sat down. His wife too sat down. When he brought to his envelope to his wife that this is he has emptied his account. The wife too brought her own. She has emptied her account. They were like, huh? What are they going to do? He said, okay, they just trust God. They got to church excited. Sat in the congregation excited. And the pastor now announced. And so, um, according to what we announced last week, everyone who has um, done what God said we should do, can you stand up? They were the only ones that stood up. So immediately they stood up excited. They were, huh? Nobody stood up. They sat down back. And then the pastor said, ah, turn to the board of Dickens. Dickens! None of them stood up. Looked at the congregation. Nobody stood up. And now the, God is giving the man nations. You are asking God, now like this we go today. Now like this you go there. Now like that you go there. God can trust you on certain things. God will test you. Things don't just happen. He will test you for little things. Test you for little things. He'll test you. But it's not to kill you. No. It is to increase you so that you will bear much fruit. Much fruit. Someone said the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared. Luke chapter 9 verse 23 says, and, and he said to all, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We're talking about how to receive the grace that has appeared. Let him deny his cross daily and follow me. We have no doubt that the grace is there. It has appeared to everyone. But not everyone has received this grace. That's where the problem is. Receiving of the grace requires sacrifice. God will test you. He will test your commitment. He will test your faith. He will test your love. He will test your devotion. He will test you to the point not to kill you but to break you and humble you so that life can come out of you. Life can come out of you who you are when God spoke to you is a raw form of you who you're supposed to be let me say that again who you are when God spoke to you is a raw form of who you are supposed to be so when God speaks to you and says I have given you the land I have made you a father of nations that's the word but that's a raw form of Abraham. To move from Abraham to Abraham, there has to be a sacrifice of Isaac. There has to be that test to cross from the spoken word to the manifested word. Just because God said it doesn't mean it's just going to happen. No. You will be tested. It says until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Tried him. So when you are tested, it's not to kill you. It is the word that was spoken that is being tested. 
the world over you, the grace riding upon you is being tested to bring it to pass in your life. But many a times, we stay with the fact that, oh, there's a word over my head. Oh, pastor has declared, pastor has said this, pastor has said that. Even after pastor has said, have you gone home and sat with the Lord? Father, your word has come through your servant. What's my role? What should I do? How will this word become my word? How will it manifest in my life? How will this year for me be a year of dominance and relevance? What are the things I need to do? How do I place myself rightly so that I can dominate in my space, in my industry, in my work? I can take one of the mountains that God has given. I can take it. I can take my space. How? What should I do? What's my role? And then you spend time there praying in the Holy Ghost, asking God for instructions. And then he begins to give you wisdom. He begins to give you wisdom. Begins to give you wisdom. Do this. Do that. Don't do this. Move in this direction. And then you see the word coming to pass. Coming to pass. Someone say grace, grace. Has, appeared. has appeared. Stand to your feet. Philippians 3 and verse 10. It says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. The goal for the writer here is to attain the resurrection of the dead. The goal for the writer here is to be like Jesus. The goal for the writer there is to become like him. He said, but to know him and become like him and the power of his resurrection, I need to share in his suffering. To receive the grace of God that has appeared unto all. That, that grace that brings salvation, to receive that grace, you and I need to be ready to pay the price, to sacrifice, to be pruned, to be tested, so that life can come out of us. Glory to God. Has someone been blessed today? Lift your hands to heaven and say, Father, help me. You know, that prayer is one of my best prayer lines. My best prayer lines. Father, help me. Help me. Where do I start? What do I do? How do I come into the fullness of all that you have for me? Help me. Where am I lacking? Where do I need to exercise more diligence, more excellence? Help me. Help me. Help me. And in that place of help me, instructions begin to come. In that place of help me, direction comes. All to sub, uh, humble me in his presence so that he can be glorified. So lift your hands to him and say, Father, help me. Help me. Help me. Let me know how to receive the grace that has appeared. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. That I may receive the grace 
says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. All people. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. And Savior Jesus Christ. Talk to your father and say, Lord, I don't just want to talk about the grace of God. I want to be a partaker of that grace. I want to receive that grace. The grace that brings salvation, completeness. Nothing lacking, nothing missing, nothing broken. I want to receive that grace. I want to receive that grace. Oh, go ahead and talk to him. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.